Chapter 8. What One Man Can Do, Another Can Do David was able to secure a meeting with Simon for the very next day. When he arrived, Natalie was there to greet him, with his latte ready to go. Good afternoon, Mr. Johnson. I took the liberty to make you a cup of coffee, Natalie said as she handed him the warm cup. David looked down and realized Natalie had made him a latte, just like he requested on his last visit. Thank you, Natalie. It was very thoughtful of you to remember. My pleasure. Mr. Taylor is waiting for you in his office. Would you like me to walk you back? No, that won't be necessary. I'll find my way. Thank you, though. And with that, David made his way back to Simon's office. He found him sitting in his comfortable, worn reading chair. It's good to see you again, David. How are you doing? Simon Taylor said as he took off his reading glasses and raised his massive frame out of the worn leather chair to meet David and shake his hand. Simon made his way over to the bistro table and gestured for David to do the same. I'm doing great, Simon. I managed to make it home for dinner one night last week and again last night. In my world, that's progress, David said as he took a seat at the table. Congratulations, young man. I'm very happy for you. So, how can I get you home every night for dinner? Well, Simon, after visiting your firm last week, I couldn't stop thinking about what you've built here, David said as he gestured around the office, and I'd love my firm to look and feel just like yours. Do you think that's possible? I'm confident that's possible. In fact, my practice is no different than your practice. I don't know, Simon. I think our practices are miles apart. It might look like that on the outside. Sure, you practice mainly bankruptcy law and I focus on criminal law, but underneath, the mechanics, the systems that run your firm are made from the same ingredients that run mine. David wasn't sure he completely bought into Simon's idea, but he wanted to know more about how Simon did it. Okay, so where did you learn how to build a firm like this? As I previously mentioned, at one point my firm was in chaos and I too couldn't get home in time for dinner with my family. It got to the point that I considered going back to work for another firm and forgetting about the dream of owning my own firm. Really? That's an interesting coincidence because I'm at that same place right now. I'm working twice as hard as I used to and I'm not making any more money. And my brother-in-law continually is asking me to join the firm he's a part of. I'll bet it looks like he's got the life, doesn't it, David? It sure does. He rarely works late and he never works weekends. He takes two vacations a year and seems to make more and more money every year. Yeah, that sounds great, but until he saves enough to retire on, he'll never be truly free. That's what I keep telling Jen, but his current lifestyle is difficult to ignore as compared to mine. Simon leaned his chair back and paused for a moment as if he was deep in thought. Then he said, I'll admit, when we're up against it as an entrepreneur and the workload is kicking our butt, going to work from 9 to 5 for another firm is awfully tempting. It sure is, but you didn't give in, and I'm not going to either, before giving it all I've got. That's excellent news. I think grit, more than any other trait, is what an entrepreneur needs in the early years of their career. But it's better than the alternative for me. I knew that I'd never feel complete if I went back to work for my old firm. Yeah, I'd feel like a quitter, and quitting is something I simply don't do. Good, Simon said with a smile, while he patiently waited for David to get to the heart of his visit. So, how did you do it? If you were once like me, how did you transform your firm, and your life? I had a lot of help and guidance, that's how. Okay, who helped you? Well, 
There came the point in my career that I became sick and tired of being sick and tired, Simon said as he gestured with his hands to make his point, and then lowered his chair to the floor and leaned closer to David. Know what I mean, David? You bet I do. So I started to look for answers. I read books on business and watched videos online. The mainstream leaders in business thought had great ideas, but those ideas appeared to be built for big companies. Then one day, I discovered Richard James, Simon said with a smile on his face and paused again for David to speak. Okay, I'll bite. Who is Richard James? Simon thought for a long moment, and then he finally said, Well, first off, he's someone I consider a friend. But his superpower is showing attorneys who consider themselves entrepreneurs and own small law firms how to build a firm that sets them free. Sounds like I should meet Mr. James. I tend to agree with you, and I'm happy to make that introduction, David. But first, I think you should read his book. It's a short book, but it packs quite a punch, Simon said. Simon said as he rose from his chair and headed over to the bookshelves, where he located a dog-eared copy of The Attorney's Guide to Personal and Financial Freedom and handed it to David. I had a sneaking suspicion that I would be leaving here today with a book, David said with a smirk as he stood to accept the book from Simon. Yes, young man, if there's one lesson I can leave you with that has served me well, it's that we never stop being a student of business. It wasn't until I went back to school, Simon said, using air quotes to emphasize the word school and to drive home the point that he didn't mean going to school, but rather self-education, that I started to turn my life around. What do you mean, leave me with, Simon? Will you not be helping me? Oh, David, you'll be far better served to work with Mr. James. I'll make the introduction, and then I'll leave you both to get to know each other. But you're always welcome here. Please be sure to stop by and see me often, and let me know how things are going. And when you finally make it home every night for dinner, without having to go right back to work when you're finished eating, we'll celebrate with a toast. With that, Simon stood, reached behind a tall stack of books, and revealed a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle that David assumed was expensive and very old. What's that, bourbon, Simon? This isn't just any old bourbon, David. This is the finest bourbon money can buy, and I only save it for big occasions at the firm. And when you hit that goal, we're going to celebrate, Simon said as he admired the bottle and then looked at David with a big smile. But where am I going to find the time, Simon? You'll be surprised how the time will appear as you begin this journey. Just remember, our formal education gave us the ability to make a living, but like Jim Rohn said, it's our self-education that makes us a fortune. I like that saying. Okay, you've got yourself a deal. I don't drink much bourbon, but if it's as good as you say it is, I'm excited to try it. I'm looking forward to that, David. I'll make the introduction to Mr. James today via email, and you read his book before you meet. I'll do that, and thanks again for this. I appreciate it. Think nothing of it, young man. I'm excited to watch you grow. The men shook hands, and David left the office, ready to take on the world.